welcome to the Weathercock Podcast. Hey, it's Rod, and welcome to a brand new episode, episode number 72 of the Weathercock Podcast, where we are holding a takeover with Sumil Mehta, our money matters expert. Um, I'm so honored that he has come back on the podcast to continue his journey with me as a financial expert, someone who gives perspectives, observations, and a few tips and tricks here and there for us to better manage our relationship with money. I got to tell you, every time I walk out of one of our episodes and um, just look back on it, I'm always feeling a little bit self-conscious because he makes me realize that some of my habits with money, um, I want to change. So I hope this podcast serves you, makes you laugh, and also helps you be more aware of how we can all be a little bit better with our money. I'll see you at the end. I saw in a poll in statistics that 25% of Canadians are still paying off 2022 credit card debt from their holiday spending. And they had a poll in 2023 asking Canadians what would their holiday spending be like. And 50% responded with pretty much the same as 2022, which means technically there should be another 20 to 25% of you know, the population that has started their 2024 with even more debt than they had in 2023. And God knows if they went back in 2021 and 2020, basically we're racking up money and spending money that we don't have on credit card. And that is the, the whole credit card you know, phenomenon in general, but still my question to you today is somebody today that wakes up and says, this is enough. Like I am paying interest. I am broke. I am buying stuff I don't need or have spent money on gifts that my family hasn't even used yet because I wanted to offer gifts, but I need to reclaim control and get my stuff back on track. My financial have got to get back on track and start paying off my debt and start saving and basically not get myself back into that pickle. First of all, I want to know your thoughts on this and I want to know your strategies that you can offer someone who today would like to take a step towards getting rid of his credit card debt, short, medium, long term, because we all know not everybody can just pay off all their credit card debt, but there's definitely ways that you can start today. And I want your thoughts on that. Thank you very much uh, for having me again, Rod. Uh, for sure, yes, I would love to share. Um, the question you were asking me actually took me back to my banking days. When we were at the bank, when we were in outbound calling, during holiday time, like right before December, November, we used to have campaigns assigned specifically for credit cards. Like we would pre-approve people for credit cards and we would specifically target that time duration, call them right before the holidays and tell them, congrats, you're pre-approved for $10,000 in credit card. Would you like it? And our sales were always high during that time. People who already had a $5,000 credit card, we would call them for pre-approved credit card limit increase campaigns where we would call them and say, congrats, you're limited, you're pre-approved for a limit increase on your credit card from $5,000 to $8,000. And our sales were again record high during those times for credit limit increase campaigns. We had pre-approved line of credit campaigns 
where we would call people and say, congrats, you've done a great job, your credit is good, we have pre-approved you for a pre-approved line of credit. And people would always take more debt, regardless of whether they already have some banks were offering them, they were still accepting more. So I think it goes back to a little bit of self-control and education portion, which you did mention in the previous episode. People should educate themselves more on how much debt they should carry and how much access to borrowing they should have. Like I, for the longest time, my credit card limit was maximum 3000 And if I ever had to spend, let's say, 7000 8000 on buying tickets for the whole family or something like that, right? Then I would transfer money on my credit card. If my limit is 3000 I would transfer the extra 5000 from my checking account and my available limit would become 8000 That's how I would spend 8000 not by calling the bank and saying, my limit is 3000 but I need to spend 8000 Please increase my limit to 10 grand. That's the worst thing to do, right? Because sometimes... We all humans, things come up, and if we have access to borrowing, we end up spending. So the first step, the first strategy I would say is to not have access to too much borrowing. If you are struggling with credit card debts today, if you have five credit cards, I had five credit cards when I was a student. I had to pay off tuition fees and I didn't have much money. So I opened up three, four credit cards here and there to pay off my fees. But then one by one, pay it off as soon as possible. The first step I would say is just if your income is $4,000, other than rent, food, phone bill, and transit, transport, public transport, whatever you use, these four things, whatever money is left should go towards your debts, your pleasure, your going outing, outside coffee, drinks, all the that can stop for a while. If it's $1,000 or $2,000, honestly, you can pay it off within less than six months. As long as Anything that's after your rent, basic food, uh, transport, phone bill, or cable, right? Those are the four or five most essential items that we need. Anything else that people say, oh, that is also essential for me, it's technically not essential if you have debts. If you owe money to people, that doesn't count as essential. You pay that first, then you can go back to doing what you're doing, right? I think that's the first step. Second step, if you're not even making enough to pay your rent, your phone bills, your basic food, there is no way you will be able to pay any of your debts because you're not able to take care of the first four or five basic necessities. That also happens sometimes. It's life. We end up making mistakes. We borrowed a lot of money. We end up spending it. And now we don't even have enough to cover our bills. What do we do in that case? I think the only way is you have to find a second source of income, gain a skill, learn a course. There's a lot of free courses out there that can teach you Microsoft skills, that can teach you pet grooming, pet walking. Right? There's a lot of things you can do. If you're driving a car, you can do Uber, Uber Eats on the side, those kind of things to rack up more money to be able to pay that off. You have to stay motivated to think, I can pay it off rather than just going towards bankruptcy or consumer proposal and declaring that you cannot pay that money off because that's going to stay on your records for seven years. So the best thing is to pay it off. If you have the money, A, if you have the money, pay it off after paying all your essentials. 
If you don't have the money to even cover your essentials, you need to ASAP find a way to make more money so you cannot escape working hard. You have to work hard. If you're already working 40 hours, you may have to do 50, 55 hours for just a couple of months. It's not like all your life you will have to be a slave. But just for a couple of months, if you have to do it, do it. Because you made the mistake, this is your time to now correct it. You have to work extra and pay it off. I paid about more than $18,000 in debts in less than a year when I was a student. My fees were, and, all, and a lot of international students, they do that. Um, their fees are over sixteen to 17000 They have to pay that. They cannot get money from back home. And they have to continue paying their basic expenses here. I did that too. I had to do it, right? There's no other way out. So it is possible. The strategy is very simple, uh, the two that I mentioned. What do you think of the – because I see uh, – <clears throat> I'm subscribed to a, a bunch of newsletters when it comes to market, finance, uh, general financial news and they always have advertisement for this one credit card to pay off all your other credit cards so that you reimburse only one credit card what do you think of that in general that strategy because there are th there are people that say you know get one credit card to absorb all your debt and just pay off that one credit card so that your money goes into just to one place to pay back your debt what's your thoughts on that that's actually a very good uh, point that you brought up. Um, even when I used to work at the bank, we used to offer something called debt consolidation loan. Mm -hmm. Basically, we consolidate all your debts into one and give you a loan. To, so all your credit cards are paid and shut and closed. And then you just have one loan, which is not a revolving credit. It's just a loan, like a car loan. You just continue making one payment every month to the bank. To that loan so let's say for example if i have five credit cards i would call the bank today and tell them give me a debt consolidation loan so what the bank will do is pay off all those five banks or lenders shut all my five credit cards down and if the total of all those five credit card debts is about three thousand for example or let's say ten thousand bank would give me a loan of that ten thousand which i have to now keep paying for whatever term amortization five or six or seven year loan. I have to pay that off in five to six, seven years. Right. That's that's a good way to do it as well, to consolidate all your debts into one so you don't have five, six different minimum payments to make every month. Instead, you just have one payment. But I heard banks don't like that because it's like they're giving you money to pay off your debt. There's no assets related to that. You're not like buying a house or a car or something they can take back from you. They're actually lending you money to pay off your debts. How easy is it to, to to be able to get that type of loan? And is it something that they actually like doing? Because I don't of see course. many banks putting themselves out there saying, hey, we're here to loan you money to pay off your debts. They would rather no, no, loan you money was, for a mortgage. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, that was actually one of the hot selling products because oh. that was considered a sale for us. So if you sell a debt consolidation loan, at the end of the day, banks, the way they look at it is they are getting money from other banks, like they, are, they have paid other banks' credit cards. Now they're lending you $10,000 on which they are going to earn interest. It's on interest. That loan is not interest-free. The only difference is uh, the credit card interest rates are about 21%, 20%. Uh, the debt consolidation loan, the interest rates are about 12 to 15%, somewhere around there. It may have gone up a little bit now due to interest rates being high. 
But as long as your credit score is above 650 and you don't have way too many debts, it is possible. Like I've seen even a $45,000 debt consolidation loan that we have given to a customer. Banks, of course, like that because imagine today you are you are the customer and I'm the bank. In your account, there's $100 in checking account, for example, nothing else. As a bank, if I'm the bank, how I will see it is by doing business with Rod, I'm not making any money. He just, whatever I'm charging him for the monthly fees on the checking account, that's the only money I'm making from Rod. Let me call Rod and ask him if he has five or six credit cards outside of the bank, somewhere else with other banks or other lenders. Let me call Rod and ask if he has that. Now I call you and you are like, yes, uh, Samuel, I have five other credit cards that I need to pay off. The total of all that is 20000 Of course, I'll say yes. I'll give you $20,000 loan. Let's close all of them and pay it off. And I'll give it to you at 12% interest, 14% interest. And as a, as a client, you are, of course, going to say yes, because you're paying 20% interest on five credit cards. Now you're getting this amazing loan, which is not revolving, which means you take the loan and then you keep making payment. What a lot of people also do is they pay off their credit card, but they right away rack it up again. So shutting those credit cards is very important sometimes as well. So from the bank's point of view, it's a good business. They earn interest. They make um, good business. And then from customer's point, it's also good because now customer only has one loan to take care of, not 10 payments. And their credit score eventually will improve because all of their debts are paid off. So eventually by paying off that loan, their credit record will be clean. Mm. So what you're telling me is it comes down a bit to discipline. If you're able to pay off your debt on credit cards and by being disciplined, being rigorous, and when you have money that comes in, so income, you're able to pay, you know, some debt. But if you do not have that discipline, an option would be to check with your bank and see if they offer loan consolidation. Correct. Correct. Consolidation is, is definitely a good idea. If you are a type of person who has more than one card and you have all kinds of debts, like five, six cards, and it's total up to over 10,000, and there's no way you can clean them up, clear them up. Yeah. You have yeah. to now rely. If it's only one card with two or $3,000, best thing is not to shut it down because you still need a credit card for day-to-day -day purchases sometimes, right? Like hotel mm -hmm. flights, they don't accept debit cards sometimes. So I think if it just comes down to what kind of situation you are in. The best thing is to talk to a financial advisor, bank, someone. There are steps that you can take to pay it off. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is there's the solution is not just to say, oh, I have too much debts. I just need a job that gives me 200000 right. You need to be aware mm -hmm. that sometimes that $200,000 job might not come or a $100,000 job might not come. You mm -hmm. may have to pay it off while you are at a $50,000 job. Right. You can't just wait until you get a really nice job, carry on those debts for years because it's going to it's going to affect your credit score very bad. Mm. Mm. Very well said. Very well said. Is there anything else that people can do apart from those two things? Is there something that comes up? I mean, the first thing I would just the question that I would ask myself, especially when it comes to the holiday period or just the gifting period of whether it's a birthday is are they really going to use it? Is it really something that they want? 
Is it really something that you have to buy that will make them happy? Because we, we, we put our worth and our value in giving stuff. And that's the start of, you know, racking up debt because we want to be nice and kind and generous to people that we love. It starts with us, right? It starts with asking ourselves this question. Am I really, do I really need this? Or do I, is this something that that person really, really wants? And if so, can I really afford it? And it starts at that foundation. But if you haven't seen the years gone by and it's just accumulated through the years, then now is a good time to sort of take this podcast and the wisdom that you've just shared with us and the knowledge and look into how you can actually regain control and get better at controlling your finances so that when you do spend money on someone, it is money that you have and not money that you're just spending because you want to be that cool uncle or that cool boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever that's offering stuff that in fact is probably not going to be used anyways for the most part. 100%. And you know, honestly, I'll be, and I know not everybody likes this, but I'll be very honest and transparent. If I'm gifting someone something, if I can afford only a $30 gift, I'll give $30 gift. And if that person is going to judge me, A, that person shouldn't even be in my life because they're expecting more. I shouldn't give them a $500 gift when I can't buy one myself. If it's a true friend or a true relative or a true family member, they will respect and understand that even if you give them a $30 gift or whatever, it's a gesture that counts. And you can make homemade gifts sometimes. There's a lot of things you can do at home, make artistic stuff or things like that, right? It doesn't always have to be a $500 gift that looks very lavish and nice, Instagram worthy, right? Sometimes you can just give a $30 gift. And if that person expects you to give more, you should discontinue your relationship with them just because it's not true enough. It's not honest and good enough. It's harming you in a way. They're pe- they're putting that pressure in your mind that you have to give me a $500 gift. Mm. Why would you do that? And if you do it, let's say you ended up taking that pressure once. You gave them a $500 gift. What's going to happen next? They're going to expect a $1,000 gift. They're not going to now expect a $200 gift just because once you gave them $500 worth of gift. Mm. Now they're going to expect only more or same. And eventually you will have to give up and say, I cannot do this anymore just because you're almost at the verge of bankruptcy. You have so many debts, right? At that time, you will say, here is your $30 gift. Might as well say it in the first time when you gave them a $500 gift. Might as well, you might as well have been transplanted at that time, right? And true friends, true family members, they respect. They don't judge you for giving a small gift. Like, So I think it's just the whole gifting process is so... Is is so wrong in certain ways that people have these expectations. Hmm. And and funny, even worse, if you give them a five hundred dollar gift, it puts the pressure on them too. Now, now they have to give you the same five hundred dollar gift on your birthday, <laughs> which is even worse. Now, what if they don't have the money, right? So, I think it's it's just it comes down to you have to know how much you can afford, and you just have to do it accordingly. And if if they're a true relationship they'll understand and respect the vicious circle of credit, right? hundred percent. It just goes round and round and round and round, round. Hopefully we've given some clues and some uh, suggestions and perspectives to people listening to this, to take a first step out of that and reclaim 
their their financial independence. Hundred percent. Thank you to Sumil for the first official takeover of the Weathercock Podcast of 2024 for Money Matters. What a great episode. And I want to formally invite you to head out to the rodshabbat.com store where you'll find everything Rod. Uh, you can sign up for my bi-weekly newsletter. You can check out my little store with books, habit trackers, and pretty soon a brand new live program that I'm creating that I can't wait to share. So whatever's Rod is on that website. So head on out and go check it out. And I hope to connect with you soon. And until then, I'll see you in the next episode.